Motive does matter. Motive does matter. If you want to know my pain in life, my ultimate pain is people think of me as a motivator. I hate that term. Mr. Motivator. You know, people go, I don't need any motivation. I said, well, that's good because that's not what I do. Right? They'll have a nice big bell and they go, I don't need any motivation. I'll go, that's obvious. You're highly motivated to eat. Right? I'm the why guy. I want to know why you say you want to lose weight, but you keep eating. Because what motivation is, is your motive for action. I'm very interested in what your motive is. You should understand your motive, your why, your purpose. That's where all the power of life is. And I believe motive does matter. If your motive in your business is just to make money, you can make it because you're focused on it. But I believe life moves to support whatever supports more of life. And I think a reason why Homex or a Zappos grows the way they do is because they have a higher purpose as well. Uh, I had these visions and I think they were given to me by God when I was a very young boy. Um, I saw myself helping these mass numbers of people and I, I didn't know of anything like a seminar. I thought either I'd be a minister or I'd be a politician or I'd be a general. I, I didn't know what it looked like, but I just knew I wanted to serve people and what helped them get through difficult times. And so uh, by the time I was 16, 17 years old, I had kind of laid out a plan that in my 20s, I was going to figure out how to help any individual that really wants to help, that if I was committed and they were committed, we could change and get the change to happen. And in my 30s, I said, I'll be able to do that with small groups of people simultaneously. In my 40s, big groups. In my 50s, institutions. And in my 60s, you know, it would be a global impact or I might do something in the political area. Or I might start a church. I thought of all the above, uh, quite frankly. Don't take my job. Come on, leave me something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just turned 60 and I, I don't think anyone's going to take your job, Bishop. <laughs> I, I saw so much fear. And, you know, we're in the eighth year of a bull market. It's the second largest bull market in the history right. of the world. And we all know there's going to be a crash. But while you're busy worrying about the crash, a lot of people miss the bull market. It's up 250% since 2008. Mm. It's up 14% since Trump was made president in right. November. It's crazy, right? right? And a lot of people on the sideline going, it's so expensive, you know, it's going to come down. So I thought what I'd do is write a short book, not 600, 700 pages. Yes. Make it so they can read it in a weekend or, you know, long day or evening. And then I wanted to write a book that also was really a playbook, showed you exactly what to do. So if you're a you know, a baby boomer and you never got started, you can still make it. Or if you're, you know, somebody who's, let's say, a, a, a millennial and you feel like you've been through college and you got so much debt and you never get out of it, yes. this is the plan how to get out of it. But I really wanted to get rid of the fear. I wanted to show people that there's nothing to fear and do it not with enthusiasm, but with facts. And in this book, when you read this, it'll blow your mind. And I'm also giving 100% of the profits. Not, not a penny comes to me, again, to feed people because we fed 100 million people yes. two years ago, 100 million last year. This book will help feed 50 million. So every book feeds 50 people. And then I'm putting matching funds up to feed another 100 million people. We're going to feed a billion people in the next seven years. And I'm saying that if you know anybody that had some goal, some dream, something they wanted to do, and they did it, then I'm saying that you know in your heart that if someone has done it, then you can do it. It's possible. And that if someone can make their dream become a reality, that it's, it's possible that you can make your dream become reality. And so as you begin to look at where you want to go, beginning to embrace that, it's possible. I'm blessed and highly favored. I've got a lot going for me. I've got some good stuff in me. 
And it's possible that I can bring my greatness out here in the universe. That I can do what I want to do. It's possible I can write my own book. I can have my own business. I, I can take the trip and travel around the world. It's possible. I can bounce back from adversity and reinvent my life. It's possible. Regardless of where I am, the things can get better for me. It's possible. I'm thinking about two men right here in Chicago who are fairly successful, similar background, educated. They worked for a corporation for many years, and they were among many people that were laid off. Two guys who were very good friends. One went out looking for a job for several weeks along with the other one, and they faced disappointment and rejection again and again and again. They couldn't find any work, which is the story of many people across this country. One guy stopped. He became discouraged. He stopped going. He stayed home looking at television, became very argumentative and toxic with his wife, drinking beer, getting on the phone, talking to his other negative unemployed friends. And he just gave up. The other guy kept looking for a job everywhere he could go, every time he could get an opportunity. Kept asking people, networking, checking the newspapers every day. Kept going everywhere he could, trying to find a job. You have too much education, you're overqualified, you won't be here long enough. He kept going, he kept going. He went to a place and said, look here, I tell you what, if you can't hire me, and I know you can use my talents, abilities, and skills, I don't want to sit home and do nothing. Just, just let me do some volunteer work. You don't have to give me anything, all right? I just want to work. I want to be busy. Guy said, okay, it's on you now, but don't, don't expect me to give you anything. It's okay. This guy came in and worked. He was the first one there. The last one to leave was the best employee there. About four weeks later, one of the top managers quit. They were looking for a replacement. Guess who they selected? This other guy. This guy who was volunteering his time, he got the job. What was the difference between the two men? Eyesight and mind sight. Eyesight is judging on what you see. Judging according to appearances. But mind sight is how you interpret what you see. One guy said, it's not possible, it's over, I'm finished. I can't do it. I can't make it. He surrendered. I've faced rejection again and again. I'm not going anymore. There are no jobs out there. But this other guy, he felt that in spite of the no's and rejections, in spite of how bad the economy is, in spite of what the newspapers are saying, that it's possible that somebody somewhere will give me a job. He just kept going, thinking it was possible. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That's what we have to do with our dreams. Because things happen to you in life that you can never ever anticipate. And many times when those things happen, you want to give up. Motivation's garbage. You, you only feel motivated to do the things that are easy, right? Why do you think that is? Oh, I know exactly why that is. Because I, I, I've studied this so much because for me, one of the hardest things to figure out was why is it so hard to do the little things that would improve my life. And what I've come to realize and what we'll talk a lot about today is that the way that our minds are designed, 
is our minds are designed to stop you at all costs from doing anything that might hurt you. And the way that, 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 that this all happens is it all starts with something super subtle that none of us ever catch. And that is with this habit that all of us have that nobody's talking about. We all have a habit of hesitating. Mm. We have an idea, you're sitting in a meeting, you have this incredible idea, and instead of just, you know, saying it, you stop and you hesitate. Now, what none of us realize is that when you hesitate, just that moment, that micro moment, that small hesitation, it sends a stress signal to your brain. It wakes your brain up, and your brain all of a sudden goes, oh, oh wait a minute, wait, wait, why is he hesitating? He didn't hesitate when he put on his killer spiky sneakers. He didn't hesitate with the uh, really cool track pants. He didn't hesitate with the NASA t-shirt. Now he's hesitating to talk, something must be up. So then your brain goes to work to protect you. It has a million different ways to protect you, One of them is called the spotlight effect. It's a known phenomenon where your brain magnifies risk. Why? To pull you away from something that it perceives to be a problem. And so you can truly trace every single problem or complaint in your life to silence and hesitation. Self-confidence is self-trust. Self-confidence is building a reputation with yourself that you keep your word to you, that you keep the promises you make to you. When I meet somebody who has a ton of self-confidence, I don't look at that as somebody with a big ego. There's a difference. Somebody with self-confidence has a reputation with themselves that I do the things I say I'm going to do. That's where self-confidence comes from. When I meet someone who's not self-confident, I know this is someone who has consistently made promises to themselves they've not kept. They've started a diet and done it for a while but not kept it. They've made a commitment and goals to go make a certain amount of money in business and they started down the road but then they didn't deliver on it long term to get up at a certain time in the morning and then they don't do it. And so they have a process and a habit in their life more often than not of not keeping the promises they don't make to other people. They don't keep the promises they make to themselves. And so the cool thing is self-confidence is an internal game. You do not need external accolades, external admiration. One thing that, you know, most millionaires master is reading people, reading people. And I'll, and I'll tell you what I mean by reading people, okay? The reason why reading people, millionaires end up generally becoming good at reading people is because they've been ripped off, backstabbed, lied to, cheated so many times that there are a lot of signals that they see a trend and saying, this person's like that, reminds me of this person. You got to learn how to read people. You got to learn how to read a customer. You got to learn how to read an employee. You got to learn how to read someone who is absolutely full of it. Sometimes I get surprised how some uh, people who are pretty successful, they're making $120,000, $300,000 a year, how easily they fall for the trap of somebody who's full of it. Like, how do you not read that sometimes, right? You got to learn how to read it and, and a, a certain level of paranoia when you're reading people. And then also... When I'm saying reading people is not just on a negative side, reading people on someone that's truly, you did something wrong and you need to go out there and do something about it. You need to read people that need you to make a right effort to take care of them. You to make the right effort to, you know, treat them in a way that they need to be treated. That's also reading people. Another one is when I say reading people is being able to think what a customer is going to need now, what a customer is going to need a year from now, three years from now, five years from now and reading them, being able to read a person that starts with your company at an early stage and what were they thinking about when they were at your level, at a new level, you're not speaking to them from your level. Millionaires, they gotta learn how to read.
somebody at that level and give them the belief that they need at that level versus somebody that's been around a little longer that needs to kind of man up or woman up or mature as an entrepreneur and they're not. They're just treating this as a lollygagging with the industry and that's a completely different conversation with that person say grow up already you've been in this thing for 5 10 15 years what's next you're going to be like this your entire life so reading to know when where who what when they eventually become very good at reading people